Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You know, I was thinking uh, this week, without what today represents, we've got nothing. Like, we've got a pretty cool club. Well, I think it's pretty cool anyway. We do some fun stuff and without today, we've got very little. But with today, we've got everything. And I've got a sense that some people, you, your life, it feels like, whether you're in a local, whether you're here online, it feels like a continuous Saturday that's silent. What I was hoping for didn't quite happen and I don't know what's next. I want to tell you, Sunday's coming. You can believe for a better tomorrow. You can believe for healing. You can believe for hope. You can believe for restoration. You can believe that God is still alive and God is still, why? Because on Sunday, we celebrate the fact that Jesus died, but He didn't just die. He rose again. He beat death. He beat anything that would try and hold you back. And I wanna encourage you today, walk out with a sense that tomorrow, in fact, today, I can believe, I can believe again. And maybe it has been silent for you. My prayer today is that you would hear a loud, a loud, resounding hope from heaven that God is on your side. Amen. Can we give these guys a huge, huge hand? They are awesome. I remember a few years back, I was standing in a baptism tank, uh, baptizing who I would call a friend of mine. And that baptism was, uh, as I was standing there, I was going through my mind thinking, this this is too good to be true. Like, this is unbelievable. Because the backstory of the lady who I was baptizing is I'd met her five years before. And uh, she told me very clearly and very colorfully that she would never come to church. She used adjectives that I didn't learn in school. Uh, And I would repeatedly ask her to come to church, repeatedly tell her what we were involved in, and she would repeatedly, colorfully tell me that she loves me, but she wants nothing to do with coming to church. And fast forward four years, she was going through a major life event, and I happened to be involved in that major life event. During that life event, I looked at this lady and said to her, hey, I know you think you know what I do, but you don't really know what I do. I want you to know that God loves you and God is for you. And if at any point during this journey of this major life, uh, major life challenge you want to reach out, just reach out and say, God, if you're there, would you make yourself real to me? thought I did a pretty good job of convincing her only to have the response of, I don't bleep and pray, Scott. That's what I've got you for. So why don't you just keep bleeping praying for me and I'll get on with my life? Yes, ma'am. That major life crisis, she got through the other side of it. I was at another one of our campuses a few weeks later. I look up and there she is in the third row. After the service, I got, this isn't usually how I greet new people, by the way. Afterwards, I got down, went up to her. I'm like, what are you doing here? It's not great for church growth and making people feel welcome, right? What are you doing here? She said, well... I decided to relocate from where I was living, come to Auckland, and I thought I'd give it a go. Is it okay? I said, 
you are more than welcome to come as often as you want. Fast forward six months, she's serving in one of the areas that we serve in, and about six months after that, she comes up to me and says, could you baptize me? I said, it would be my honor and my pleasure to baptize you. She said, but I don't want to do it in the service because no one's ready to see this body wet. (laughs) So Amanda and I, at a 4 p.m. before the service, we rocked up to the auditorium. The band was rocking away. They were rehearsing, and the three of us jumped in the tank. And as I stood there, I thought, if I hadn't have been involved in this journey, I would never believe this story, ever. I said to her, I'm going to baptize you. I say, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. On the way down, she lets another colorful word out. Oh, sh- as I'm dunking her. So I'm just going to hold you down there a bit longer, wash you off real good. Get you real clean down there. I would suspect that that lady is at one of our campuses this morning. I want to tell you, God is that good that he'll do stories in your world and through your life that you won't even believe in an instant. I love how the Apostle Paul talks us about how mind-blowing the story of Easter is. Have a look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8. It says this, that Christ arrives at just the right time to make this happen. Pause. He arrives at just the right time. On my assessment, his timing is horrific. In his story, his timing is perfect. I can trust in the timing of God. It may not happen when I want or how I want, but Christ arrives at just the right time. Remember at 33 years old, I had a moment where I was face to face with the brokenness that lived on the inside of me through an interaction with one of my children. And at 33 years old, after I'd been married for a decade, after I'd had two kids, after I'd come into ministry, after I'd become a campus pastor and was responsible for hundreds of people, God, now you want me to deal with this stuff? Like I I could have dealt with this a long time ago before I dragged all these people through And it would have been a lot more comfortable if I could have done this before I had to stand up in front of people. But Christ arrives. You can trust the timing of God. Where's my wayward child? He'll arrive at the right time. Where's my marriage restoration? He'll arrive at the right time. Christ arrives at just the right time to make this happen. He didn't and he doesn't wait for us to get ready. Anyone thank God? that it's not based on me being ready, but his love comes whether I'm ready or not. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to self selfless sacrifice, but God put his love on the line by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him. If you've been around church at any time, you would have read the creation account. In Genesis chapter one, the Bible says that God created mankind for the sole purpose of having relationship with him. And then we broke that relationship. Church, listen to me. We didn't break the relationship by eating an apple. 
We broke the relationship by eating an apple and saying to God, I'll decide what's right and wrong for my life. You said don't go here, but I'll decide what's right and wrong for my life. And when we did that, we created a chasm between us and God and humanities. You can be mad at Adam and Eve all you like, but every one of us has to come to a point where we say, God, I'm not gonna decide what's right and wrong for my life, but I'm gonna trust you to tell me what's right and wrong for my life. And God, in that moment, The Bible says he spoke the stars into existence. That he formed mankind. If I was God, and I told him not to do something right there in that local, and they did it, and I could just speak into existing something else, I'd probably just clear the decks and start again. But God didn't do that. Instead, he put the greatest redemption plan in history into play, and we celebrate that today. Instead of just wiping the decks and starting again, he sent his precious son to become the bridge and become the gap filler between broken humanity and a loving God. And we celebrate today that God loves you so much, God loves me so much, that before we even accept him, his love and his grace is available to us, anyone thankful for Resurrection Sunday, which is the greatest story. That's the message of Easter. The, the other unbelievable part to that is not only does he set in place a redemption plan for me, he wants me to be a part of the redemption plan for others. He, he wants me to play part of that story. Look what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says. It says that when someone becomes a Christian, He becomes a brand new person on the inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. All these things are from God who brought us back to himself. What Jesus Christ did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled with him. For God was in Christ restoring the world to himself, no longer counting man's sins, man's faults, man's challenges against them, but blotting them out, wiping it clean. This is the wonderful message that he has given us to tell others that we are Christ's ambassadors to speak God's love. God wants to use us to speak to others and we beg you as Christ as if Christ himself were pleading with you reckon, receive the love he offers you be reconciled to God for God took a sinless Christ and poured out his sins the, these, then in exchange he poured God's goodness into us all listen we are Christ's ambassadors What Jesus did in you and what Jesus did in me, we now become a channel of that for others. Here's the whole message of today that I hope and pray that every person watching online, in a local, in this auditorium, walks out with a fresh understanding of this, that God works both in me and through me. That Easter is about God working in me to change me, to help me, to restore me, to heal me. But then he wants me to take that message and take it to other people. That God works both in me and through me. And the unbelievable evidence that God does that is the hundreds of people in this room, the hundreds of people online, the thousands of people in churches all over this city, the tens of thousands over our country, and the millions of people 
all over the world who have encountered for themselves this love, this grace, this mercy. And on the inside, they are brand new people. God works both in us and through us. It's people like me who have known what it is to live broken, insecure, And over the past 28 years of walking with Jesus, what he has done in me is unbelievable. Two weeks ago, I had a daughter, three weeks ago, I don't know, a little while ago, had a daughter that turned 21 years old. The day before she turned 21 or the week before she turned 21, I found myself sitting down with a couple and I was telling my upbringing story in great detail. And I'm going to tell it in great detail, but I went into great detail. And two days later, I'm sitting celebrating this beautiful woman who turned 21 years old, who loves God, who wants to serve God. Any Sunday, you'll find her in kids' church, down on her knees, eye to eye with a child, telling them about the love of God. And then on Thursday, she'll be inviting her friends to Connect Group, and she just got a job at a golf course, which is the funniest thing ever, because she is the most non-athletic individual you've ever met in your life. But she, she is loved at that golf course because of the aura that she brings in. And I, I, I sat there at her 21st, and I thought, God, you are so so good that you are too good that I cannot believe because I couldn't taken I couldn't have taken me from the story I told to me celebrating the 21st only God could do that because God wants to work in me but then he wants to work through me and that's not the story of the select few the bible says anyone in Christ is a brand new creation the old is gone and the new has come the message of easter is God wants to work in you and God wants to work through you to bring his love to humanity. If I could sit down with every person in this room, we'd fill libraries with the stories of what God has done in individuals' lives. Because we don't serve a dead God, we serve a living God. That wherever you find yourself, he can meet you right there and do something in you and do something through you. Here's, my, here's two thoughts that I've got for us today. Number one, the work God does in me requires my engagement. I wish that when I was 33 years old and I came face to face with the mountain that I would have to climb to get healed on the inside, that I could just respond to an altar call Someone would lay their hand on my head, pray for me, and it would all be fixed in an instant. And God does that sometimes. But in my experience of working with people, 98% of the time, God takes us on a journey because of the goodness we learn along the journey of allowing Him to do stuff in me. But it requires my engagement. Psalm 139 Verse 23 says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. That's a good prayer. David wrote that thousands of years ago. It's pretty apt today. Know my anxieties. What a buzzword. It's reality, but it's also a buzzword. And see if there is any wicked way in me. Catch this. And lead me in the way 
of everlasting. You know, Amanda and I have been married now 20-something years. Coming up on 25. How good is that? I'm coming up on 25. Once I hit 25, we'll be coming up on 30. I only have to remember five-year lots. Um, my goal has always been to be a better husband. Week on week, month on month, year on year. My goal is that I would grow and treat her the way she should be treated, speak to her the way she should be spoken to, not just when she's behaving, but when she's misbehaving, that I would speak to her Not just in the good times, but in the challenging times that I would honor her and value her. But I realized that most of my better was shaped by me. Well, if I could do this better and I think I should do this better. and Have you ever had an argument with someone and the argument's over, but you still play it out in your head? No one in the auditorium. I bet you do on your online and locals and I bet you do there. Are you that type of person? Like, man... If I could just press pause on some conversations, I could come up with a rebuttal that would finish it just like that. And then I walk away after I haven't done the rebuttal and I stew on stuff. Come on, I just stew on it till it gets to a nice boiling point. Because arguments aren't win-win. They're win. For those of you who are competitive... And I can justify myself and I can justify my actions if it's just me deciding how better I can be. But I've made a decision that instead of me deciding how better I could be, then maybe I need to do what David did and said, search me, O God, and you reveal something because you want to work in me and you want to work through me. And here's the deal. I've noticed that when I pray a prayer like that to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, search me. He's real quick to answer those prayers. Some prayers he's not so quick to answer. Those ones, he'll he'll, he'll like, okay, really? Let's deal with that. Let's deal with that insecurity. That was not about making, uh, that was not about honoring her. That was about showing you were right. And and all of a sudden it changes the way because God doing a work in me is very practical. And I think sometimes we can come to church and pray a prayer and hope that God does something during the week. Why don't we say in the midst of the thing that we challenged with, the midst of the thing that we struggle with, whether it's a temper, whether it's internal, whether it's our, uh, our, our own emotional world, in those moments, what if we were to stop and say, Holy Spirit, search me. And you reveal what you want to do in me because I have realized that the work God does in me requires my engagement today can I encourage us that God has the perfect life for you that he designed for you but the way we get it is engagement with him can I encourage us today why don't we live with a renewed willingness for God to work in us Easter say Jesus you died so that I could live the life that you wanted me to live number two the work God does through me requires my participation So the work God does in me requires my engagement. The work God does through me requires my participation. Matthew chapter five, verse 14 says this, you are the light of the world. 
a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. No more undercover Christian and no more, uh, I forget the word, uh, Painful Christian, where we walk into somewhere and we point a bone. If it just allow God to shine through us wherever we go. You know, when I came out of high school, I don't tell a lot of people this because I'm ashamed of it. When I came out of high school, I did a one-year mechanic apprenticeship and I quit because I realised after six months that your hands got too dirty. They're like grease under your nails and stuff. I couldn't handle it, so I quit. True story. But as I was doing that apprenticeship, there would be so many times where the head mechanic would call me over and say, hey, can you put the torch and hold it here so I can see what's broken? And as I was writing this message, I thought about what would it look like if God used all of us this week to walk into our worlds and not to highlight people's brokenness, but to shine God's answer to wherever they are, that if you are hopeless, let me shine the light of hope. If you are discouraged, let me shine the light of encouragement. If your relationship is on the rocks, let me shine the light that God has an answer for you to go forward. If you can't settle your internal world, let me shine the light that He is the rock and He is firm and you can build a life on Him? What if we were to go into this week and said, God, let me shine my light wherever I go. Our church is full of stories of people who shine their light. On Friday, Good Friday, we had an amazing Easter presentation. I was out in the courtyard out there talking to uh, this lovely couple who have been in our church for years. They said, Scott, I want to introduce you to someone. So I go over. Hey, hey, yeah, my name's Steve. Hey, Steve, how you doing? And we started talking, and I assumed he'd been in our church for the way he was talking. He's like, man, I'm so pumped for you guys coming back into Orange, and I'm, I was so pumped when the building opened, and I was so pumped when this happened, and I was so pumped when you hit the $45 million. Like, he talked like he'd been a part of our church for years. He's like, today's my first day here. He's like, yeah, these guys have been inviting me for years. I've been trying to hold them off for years. They've been telling me the good stories of what God's doing in their life for years. And I, I, I was able to not come the last two Easter's because of COVID and then orange happened. I didn't have any more excuses, so I said yes, and here I am. You know what? Shining your light doesn't mean dressing different, doesn't mean talking different. It means going into your environment and saying, God, what you did in me, let it shine through me. The hope that you have deposited in me, let that shine through me. The freedom that you've got in me, let that shine through me. The, the story of me shining my light is saying, God, help me bring a God perspective wherever I go. In a world that's full of fear and negativity, let me bring hope for a future. In a, in a world that's full of stories that are about your life's gonna crumble, let me come in and show people through what you've done that I can trust God to build my life upon a rock. And when the storms come, the house still stands. Why? Because He is that good.
Church, let's live with a fresh commitment to allow Him to shine through us. Because the message of Easter is God loves you so much that He wants to do a work in you and then He wants to do a work through you. You know, when Jesus came to earth, He picked 12 guys to basically entrust His message to when He left. Again, if I was picking 12 guys, I probably would have picked a little bit different. He picked a tax collector, which in those days were despised. He picked fishermen that had no religious training. He picked people that had foot and mouth disease. The only reason they opened their mouth was to change feet. Picked a guy who was going to betray him. And he said, I'm going to build on you because it's not about you. It's about what I want to do in you and what I want to do through you. And we're about to take communion and in the front of every seat pocket, there's a little communion cup and if you'd peel off the top layer, you'll get a wafer and if you'd peel off the aluminium foil, you'll get your juice. If you're in a local, would you grab something to take communion with us? If you're online. But would you look at me for a moment? My prayer in this moment of communion is that we would discover again on Resurrection Sunday that God wants to work in me. Friend, you're not too far. It's not too far gone. The pain's not too great. The decisions you've made are not too dire. You haven't left it too long. But God wants to meet you right where you're at. The message of Easter is Jesus arrived at just the right time. And I believe you're in this service at this time so you can get a fresh revelation that Jesus wants to work in you. You may have struggled with mental health for years. Open up to Him again. Maybe you've made some decisions you regret. Open up to Him again. And for some of us, maybe this pandemic has caused our light to be either snuffed out or had so much stuff put over the top of it that it doesn't shine. In this moment, get a fresh revelation of what He's done in you, but also what He wants to do through you. So the team is about to lead us in this amazing song. And I want you to stay seated and in your own time, take communion and say, God, here I am. Work in me and work through me. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more. 